This is The Sharp Angle, every day on your favorite podcast player. What is going on? Welcome into The Sharp Angle Podcast. How's your week? How's your day? How's your life? How is everything? Hopefully things are calming down a little bit from last week. I know the election had everybody going crazy, but uh, hopefully we can move on from that and uh, get back to it. Uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about some random sports betting news. And look, there's just, uh, I mean, obviously we've got a little college football going on this weekend, some NFL. I will give my NFL picks tomorrow. And actually, we may do a little college football talk as well. We released uh, some of those picks yesterday. But really, I mean, it, it's funny because, you know, a couple months ago when there was all these sports going on every single day, there's just not that much happening now besides football. So uh, we will talk football. Like I said, we talked to yesterday. We'll give some picks tomorrow. Pretty much this whole weekend is going to be filled with football picks. But uh, on today's show, we'll talk about some recent news around the world of, co- of uh, sports betting. Some college news in here, some interesting stuff, but uh, just a little potpourri, a little potpourri of uh, some sports betting news for today's show. Hope you guys uh, have a good night tonight, whatever you have in terms of uh, Thursday night football, or I know there's a couple college games as well. So good luck with that. We won't give any picks out for tonight, uh, but let's get to some of this betting news. Uh, Let's start off in Michigan. Michigan, obviously, one of the states to legalize sports betting. It passed in the most recent uh, election, obviously. There was uh, overwhelming support for sports betting in all of the states where it was legal, and that's very promising to see. Michigan sports betting is doing something interesting, though, kind of similar to what uh, Illinois did. They are allowing certain sports books or certain websites to start pre-enrolling people uh, before anything gets going. And I have to say this, not just for Michigan. This is for any state out there where sports betting has has, has, uh, become legal recently. Do not pre-register. Do not pre-register at all. There is absolutely no point to it. As a matter of fact, that you're hurting yourself if you're pre-registering to play at any of these websites. Here's why. First of all, they're still in the process in Michigan and other states of even allowing sports books and, and websites to do business there. You know, it's a process, whether you're BetMGM, FanDuel, DraftKings, William Hill, uh, FoxBet, any of them. It's a process to go through state legislature, get approval to do business in the state, and it will take maybe a couple weeks, maybe a couple months for some of the better sports books to get set up in Michigan and other states. So what's happening is I know FanDuel's doing this because FanDuel's already approved to uh, be set up in Michigan. They're doing pre-enrollment and they're offering you know bonuses, sign-up bonuses, all kinds of things like that. And I am here to say that there will be not only sign-up bonuses available once things become legal and you can actually make bets, but there will be better bonuses that come available. And I can I can speak from experience here. <laughs> this is exactly what I did. Is It comes from excitement, right? Oh my God, sports betting is legal. I've never been able to do this in the state before. Let me just sign up. This is what I did with several websites in Colorado when it became legal. And what I later found out was I wasn't eligible for a lot of these great, juicy, beneficial sign-up bonuses because I already had my account. I hadn't deposited money, hadn't done anything except make my account thinking, okay, well, at least get accounts at all these places, get established. Bad idea. If you want to take advantage of, I'll tell you guys right now, I think the absolute single best 
sign-up bonus is William Hill. William Hill, you put in 250 bucks, they'll give you a $500 free bet. It's great. And most other websites don't do that. Most other websites offer you a risk-free bet. And there's a huge difference between a free bet and a risk-free bet. Let's talk about that quickly. And this is for anybody out there, uh, you know, listening, if you're looking to sign up at any sports book and it's been legal in your state for how, it doesn't matter how long, if you see a sign-up bonus, not a deposit bonus, but a sign-up bonus, right? Because the difference, we're going a little deep here, but the difference between sign-up bonuses and deposit bonuses is a sign-up bonus is just when you sign up to use their website. It's only You can only use it once in your entire life, right? The moment you sign up for a website, you're done. You use your sign-up bonus, that's it. A deposit bonus is much less common, but anyone can use a deposit bonus. If you've been a part of that website for or that sports book for a month, a year, two years, whatever, deposit bonuses are not contingent on you signing up. What I'm talking about today is a sign-up bonus. Hey, come sign up at this sports book and we'll give you a thousand dollar risk-free bet. As a matter of fact, that's the current uh, promotion going on right now in Michigan. But what people don't understand is that $1,000 risk-free bet is not the same as a $1,000 free bet. Now let's go into it. A risk-free bet guarantees that you won't lose the money that you gamble up to $1,000 or however much they're specifying on your first bet. So, if you sign up for FanDuel in Michigan, and the first bet you make is for, excuse me there, and the first bet that you make is for $500, let's say, what they'll do, FanDuel, is if you lose that bet, let's say it's an even money bet, okay, not minus 110, even money, you're going to bet 500 to win 500 If you win that bet, it's as if you never had a risk-free bet in the first place. The risk-free bet goes out the window. You made your $500 bet. You won your $500 bet. Good for you. If, however, you lose that $500 bet, they'll reimburse you the $500. That's what a risk-free bet means. It's not at all that beneficial. It's just guaranteeing that if you lose, and I understand it's beneficial if you're going to lose that bet, but if you do lose it and they only reimburse what you lost, there you go. Your risk-free bet is done. You used it. I think that's a lot worse than, say, William Hill, who gives you a free bet. Now, let's say William Hill gives you a $1,000 free bet and FanDuel gives you a $1,000 risk-free bet. As I, just, as I just mentioned, you can bet any amount up to $1,000 and FanDuel will reimburse you if you lose that first bet. What William Hill does is give you $1,000 to bet however you'd like. So if you put in a certain amount of money, you'll have that, let's say you put in 500 and they give you a $1,000 risk-free bet, you're going to see the $500 in your account, and you're also going to see a $1,000, excuse me, a $1,000 free bet. And so if you want to use that $1,000 on any given game, you can do that. I think it's a lot better knowing you have a free bet to use compared to a risk-free bet where you have to still make the bet, and if you lose, they'll reimburse you. As a matter of fact, it's about 50% better because what we're doing here is we're using a free bet on William Hill or anyone else who offers a free bet as if we would use any other bet. And for those who listen to this show, we're smarter than the average better, right? We're not winning 50% of the time. We're winning 53% of the time. So we expect to win that $1,000 bet. So I should have the the right to say, okay, I'm going to use it like I would any other bet. 
What a risk-free bed does is essentially, in my opinion, it would sort of, there's no benefit because if you win, it's just like you made any other bet. It's like you didn't even sign up for the new website. You don't get any of the benefit, right? Sign up for our website and if you lose, we'll reimburse you. Well, what if I win? That doesn't matter at all. As opposed to William Hill to where you put your money in, let's say, because the, the current deal going on for William Hill is you put in 250 and you get a $500 free bet. Well, if you put in 250, you got a $500 free bet. That's the same thing as having 750 in your account. If FanDuel does, you put in 250 and you get a $500 risk-free bet. That's only good for having $250 in your account. And if you win, hey, good for you. You didn't you didn't have to use your risk-free bet. Good luck. You see the difference? One website's actually giving you real money to bet with. The other's just saying if you lose, which they know you're going to win 50% of the time at worst then they don't have to do anything about it. So be careful between a risk-free bet, which is not that good, or a free bet, which is much better. A lot of these websites and sportsbooks are going to try and bring in, try and dress it up, try and make it sound sexy. Be a good consumer and understand the difference between those two. And if you guys want a further explanation, if you'd like me to do an entire show on this, if you if you you know send me a, uh, a direct message on Twitter, I'll respond to you. You can give me a follow personally at Tyler Walgie. That's Tyler W A L J E. Or you can follow the show at Sharp Angle Pod. And I'll get back to you guys, you know, as, as quick as I can and answer your questions about this, because in the past, when I talk about this, I've had several of you reach out and ask about clarification. What should I do here or there? And, you know, the main thing that I'll say today is if you're if it just passed in your state, if you're Michigan or any of the other states where it just passed, just just chill out. Just wait a little bit. Just wait for it to become legal. And then when you're about to make your first bet, see all these other offers that are there. Because there's going to be not only new sports books that aren't currently set up, but there's going to be other and better offers for you to take advantage of. So keep in mind that. And also, if you are signing up in a new book, whether you're in Michigan or any other state, make sure that you see the exact, go and see the fine print, see the terms and conditions. They'll let you read it. It's, it's very public. And make sure you understand the difference between every website you have a chance to sign up with and exactly what they're offering. So, all right, I just had to uh, say that. I, I noticed Michigan was putting that out there, and I can't have any listeners of this show getting ripped off there. So, uh, important stuff there. All right, let's move on to uh, banks, because based on Michigan and some of these other states who have recently passed sports betting, I'm sorry I can't remember off the top of my mind, or off the top of my head, uh, what other states passed it recently, but either way, um, banks are still not fully bought in. Uh, according to AmericanBanker.com, 25 states, as well as Washington, D.C., allow sports betting, okay? And that includes a couple of the states who just passed it. Zero of the states allow you, or zero of the states have allowed banks to, I guess I should phrase this differently. Banks have said no, no matter what state you're in to deposit via credit or a lot of them still via debit. It's your own money. And they're trying to tell you what to do with it, which doesn't surprise me. That's the American banking system. But still, it's, it's, it's amazing to me that banks are still not seeing the trend of where things are going. Clearly, we're a matter of years away from sports betting being legal all across the, the country, right? So the fact that banks are saying, uh, we're still hesitant, you can't bet with credit. A lot of banks are saying you can't bet with your own money. 
I mean, we're talking JP Morgan, uh, Chase, Bank of America, Capital One, Union Bank, Huntington Bank, all, all of them aren't allowing either credit or debit cards. And the worry is that these banks uh, cite, the worry is that these sites can be used for money laundering and fraud, and banks don't want to run into trouble from federal regulators and prosecutors for unwittingly aiding those illegal activities, which is about the stupidest thing I've ever said. That's like a car uh, dealership not selling cars because it may or may not be used to transport drugs from Mexico to the United States. It's like, what? What are we talking about here? This is crazy to me. You can't use and the, the credit cards. Fine, if they want, they don't. They don't want to be on the hook for credit cards. Whatever. I guess I get that. But the fact that all these banks are not letting you spend your own debit cards on this—that's that's that's wacky to me. Now I'm lucky enough. I believe Wells Fargo is a little bit looser with some of these rules. I haven't run into too much. I mean. Frankly, on all uh, this is in Colorado where I live, and I use a lot of the major sports books. I mean, I use pretty much every sports book that we're allowed to use in Colorado, but on all of them, I deposit straight from my bank account, and I with well, and I withdraw straight to my bank account. There is no third party. There is no you know waiting to clear the process. It's just pretty much right to the bank from the bank. And I love that about Wells Fargo. So, I mean, I guess Wells Fargo is kind of on, on the other side of this. And there are a couple big banks who are outliers. But in general, you know, most people uh, will have trouble depositing, getting money in if you use some of these banks. So that hopefully will change soon. Uh, John Michaels, vice president of the uh, Strategic uh, Alliances at the AGA, which is the uh, American Gaming Association, uh, they've been in, in talks about the legitimacy of this. And and I understand being apprehensive about something, but to, to completely deny anyone to be able to, to use their own money is crazy to me. And they say they're about 12 to 18 months away from real progress here. So that is something that sports bettors have had to deal with. And I understand, you know, the whole bank thing. It, it It's not good. In this most recent election, a lot more states passing it to be legal doesn't seem to be affecting the banks at all. So stay tuned. We'll have updates as we hear more there. But I'm telling you, Wells Fargo, they're not a bad option. And and there are other options. You know, um, a lot of these sports books offer, what is it called? I, I got one initially from uh, William Hill. I don't have my wallet on me. It's like a prepaid card, something like that. I forget the exact name of it, but you can use these prepaid cards. But I mean, I just find it so much more convenient to just put it right in the checking account or take it right out of the checking account. So uh, there are ways for you guys to go about this, but they just make it m tougher on you. So the banks don't care about anything except making money for themselves. We've, we've learned that. All right, let's move on. Uh, interesting news here. Uh, really actually not that interesting if you've been paying attention to how incompetent the NCAA can be. But the NCAA coming out with a press release warning sportsbooks about the uh, prop bets on, on players, right? You can bet on football players. How many yards will they throw for? How many yards will they receive? Will there be a touchdown? Will this player score a touchdown? All that. The NCAA is coming out and saying that unlike professional leagues, we're talking about student athletes, right? Like on the South Park, student athlete. Oh, that is rich. I mean... Can we all just admit that college football is, we don't have to admit it. We can look at the numbers. College football is the second most popular sport in the United States of America. And these guys are amateurs. And you know that whole number that everyone throws out there? Did you know that 0.002% of all college athletes turn to be professionals? It's like, 
yeah, that's if you incorporate the water polo team and all the backups and everyone who's not going to do this for a living. But we're not talking about everyone else. We're talking about college football. And if you look at Power 5 conferences, I mean, what is it, 10 percent of players going to the NFL 15 percent of players going on to the NFL if you take an, an SEC starting roster it's like 30 to 40 percent of players will play in the NFL so this whole idea of eh, it's amateurs and eh, it's all a bunch of student athletes that is bizarre to me a representative of the, of the NCAA came out and said this is just crazy he goes quote that's a concern if you can think about missing a field goal or a free throw that might make the difference in a result, that's not going to be the most settling thought. Okay, just to break this down, since when have they ever given a... Uh, I'm not going to get... My, my dog's eating right below me. Whenever I start swearing, she'll just stop eating. So <laughs> I'm not going to get worked up or do that. Uh, but when, has, when have the higher-ups of college football ever cared at all, at all, about their student-athletes. All they care about is how can we exploit these student-athletes to keep making the most amount of money possible. I've always said this. My best business plan, if I, if I were to start a business, right? Here's, here's a great business plan. Okay, let's come up with a product that, that tens of millions of people across the country are going to want to take part in. Let's uh, partner up with some... Uh, some uh, uh, television outlets to, to broadcast in, in, in primetime TV. And then once these people get hooked, let's, let's charge millions of dollars, if not hundreds of, of thousands of dollars for ad revenue. But here's the catch, guys. Here's the catch, right? He's like pitching the, the whole, this whole idea. Here's the catch. We don't have to pay anybody. <laughs> Our overhead is basically nothing. Our, empo- our employees don't make anything. And the schools themselves are going to have to pay the coaches. So we as the NCAA, we just sit back and get rich because our employees, they're not making shit. It's like, that seems like a really, really good business plan to get wealthy quickly. It sounds not, it sounds unfair. (laughs) It sounds like I wouldn't be signing up for it to be an employee, aka a college football player. So it's just hysterical, the hypocrisy here for this guy's name is uh, Stevenson Starks. Is that his name? Let's see here. Stevenson Starks. It's got to be like a last name. Speaking of the sports betting to... Oh, Nama Stevenson Starks, the NCAA's vice president for law. Okay. 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 Nama Stevenson Starks. That's a concern. Again, for that quote, that's a concern. If you can think about missing a field goal or a free throw, that might make the difference in a result. That's not the most settling thought. So we've established they don't care about settling thoughts because these kids are getting in trouble for eating too much free food. They, the whole thing about a free education is ridiculous. I mean, so that's crazy. And the other idea that millions of dollars aren't being thrown around anyway if a player misses or makes a field goal, that's incorrect. If you win a national championship, if you win a bowl game, if you win your conference, there is monetary incentive. And also, it's incentive for the school. I mean, there's a reason why Alabama sells more college football gear than any other college. You want to know why? Because they win the most. People across the country want that Alabama Crimson Tide jersey. Now, it's not going to have the player's name on it, but the schools in the NCAA are getting rich off this stuff. And so if you're telling me that the kicker for Alabama misses a game-winning field goal, now Alabama can't go to the, the, the playoffs or the national championship, that impacts Alabama greatly. There may, there may be more money being affected just in the NCAA and colleges by missing a field goal than there would be in any given betting situation. 
So this is complete hypocrisy. This is complete bullshit. The idea that the NCAA is now so worried about their student athletes. It's like you guys haven't cared about student athletes at all for one second of one day. Don't pretend that's the reason you want this going on. The reason why they don't want this going on is because if they legitimize, they being the sports books, legitimize college football as a real professional sport, we're just getting closer and closer to, to players being paid. This is all a big game. This is all a big facade. This is all just the NCAA not wanting to admit that it's a professional sport so they won't have to pay the players because if they don't pay the players they keep making millions if not billions of dollars themselves that's all this comes down to the ncaa doing doing legally what they have to do not to give away any of that idea that well what you're watching may be professional sport it's oh it did free education student athletes give me a break so uh <sighs> getting a little worked up there. Not too much. My dog finished eating, so I can swear now. <laughs> but uh, one thing I loved is that, you know, websites like FanDuel, even though I don't bet much with FanDuel, they just given a big middle finger to the NCAA. On tonight's game, uh, Colorado State and Boise, FanDuel is offering a prop bet on the quarterback over under 275.5 yards. Um, but other sports books like DraftKings, the Golden Nugget, they're complying. Oh, they're shaking. Oh, I'm sorry, big NCAA. Don't, 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 don't look at us. We're not. We're look at us. We're not doing it. I'm so sorry, great and powerful NCAA. It's like I'm so sick of this bullshit, man. I've been saying this for years. It is crazy to me the stranglehold in money that's made off these student athletes who don't see any of it. And of course, they come out and now they want to protect them. Now it's all about the student athlete. Now it's about, it's like, give me a break. This has nothing to do with the mindset of a kicker who may miss a field goal and everything to do with not paying that kicker a salary because what he's doing is professional sport. So I'm going to move on because I will get worked up if I keep going on that. But I think my point has been made. Uh, last thing for today's show, and I actually just kind of added this to the list because we, I think it's important to go over um, when you guys are handicapping games, when you're looking at who to bet on, certain information, be very careful of where you're getting your info from. If you are getting uh, sports betting advice from ESPN, I mean, I just, I highly recommend you don't go to ESPN to see who you should bet for. I even don't like sites like uh, the Action Network. You know, the Action Network is... It's funny. If I'm going to work with someone and they say they're a professional sports better and they send me like their record on the action network, <laughs> it's about the quickest way to go. Oh, this guy's full of shit. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. The action network is a quick way to discover who's square and who's not square. So let me just put that out there. Everyone flaunting those action network uh, numbers you're exposing yourself. But also, the Action Network is a very square website in general. Now, I applaud them for doing what they, 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 they do what they do well. They appeal to the masses. You can feel like, you know, you're getting some sports betting insight. But if you're going to the Action Network for picks or anything like that, I mean, guys, I advise you use either a number of systems and combine what they're all saying or come up with your own system. Like the whole idea that you can just type in preview for the Colts and Titans tonight or prediction Colts Titans prediction and get a couple articles that are going to tell you the right side. That's crazy. You know, you guys should be doing your own work coming up with what you think the line should be early and betting early on. And, uh, th th you know, there's not really too much here in this, in this last bullet point, but I just want you guys to be careful of where you're getting this info from. If you find a website or find a sports book or a, a sports, but if you find a website or find a blog or find a, a, a podcast that gives good picks and you get into their minds and understand why they're making those picks, that's fine, you know, but 
just be careful. Just be wary. I mean, ESPN, Fox, they all have these betting shows now. And it's it's not good content. You know, I honestly, I just feel bad for the consumer. I feel bad for you guys, you guys who are listening to this stuff because they paint it as they know what they're talking about, but they don't. I mean, I was having a talk uh, with one of my buddies today about really, you know, what, what does public money really truly do? And it's funny because the whole idea of public money is kind of a farce because the way it works, the sharp money adjusts the line before any of the sports books even get a hold of it. You know, there's like five world openers in the world, you know, FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM, these aren't world openers. They, they wait for lines to simmer down and calm down and then they take what's left over. Okay. So if a team opens up a seven point favorite and they get bet down to a five point favorite, most, most sports books and most websites in the world take the minus five. They don't take the minus seven. So when you hear on ESPN, well, the public's going to be all over minus five here, or the public's going to be all over plus five. That's a moot point. That's irrelevant because the line's already moved. All the squares already have minus seven or plus seven in their pocket, right? And in this example, it'd be plus seven in their pocket. And so, you know, it doesn't matter if the squares are on plus five or minus five because the line of that all the sharps have is seven. So that's, that, that's you know, just one little example as to why what you hear on ESPN and Fox, it's a bunch of dressed up bullshit to make their ratings go up. They want you to watch their their network or stream their network and not stream the other network because they want to have a good betting show. And I promise you guys, it's not what it seems. Be careful of your information. Be careful who you get your information from. And uh, I mean, hopefully, you know, the listeners of this show understand what a good job we do and how thorough we are and how we dive into each game and how we don't give any picks out unless we've thoroughly, thoroughly gone through everything. And we understand market, the market, we understand betting, we understand how bookies work, we understand how the market works. You have to know, you have to know all of that if you're going to be successful in sports betting. So just be careful. Don't get your betting advice from ESPN or even the Action Network or Fox. Do your own work or find a a better website that, that gives better information. So... All right, that is it for today's show. Good luck, whatever you guys have going on tonight. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle. Angle. 